Hey, welcome to a Zion People podcast. I am Keelan, an intern at Zion Church, and this is our latest message. The team here hope the message challenges you, inspires you, but most of all, builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Today, uh, message number six in our series, Sounds of Heaven, I'm here to tell you that God is on his throne. You should be pleased about that. Not sure if you were sure about that, but God is in his rightful place. God being in his rightful place ensures that we have the best opportunity to be in our rightful place. But what I want to point to today is the reality that many believers are followers of Jesus, including me, and I want to share about it today, we get knocked off that perch, which means we don't always sit in our rightful place. When this happens, we're not resonating the sounds of heaven. And Jamie said last week in his message, I'll quote him, if you're not resonating sounds of heaven, then your life is just noise. It's a good line. Our goal as believers is to be resonating sounds of heaven. I want to speak about that. But first and foremost, I want to say to you that God is on his throne and he hasn't moved. He is in his rightful place. But the truth is our perspective, our viewpoint or vantage point actually determines how we see God on his throne and how we relate to him. In a matter of perspective, uh, last week or the week before, Kathy and I, we watched again uh, the video called Indescribable by Louis Giglio. Many of you will have seen that. We watched it again. He told a story of Neil Armstrong that uh, piqued my interest, so I went and researched it. And Neil Armstrong, you may remember your history, 1969, was the first man to step foot onto the moon. And Neil Armstrong says while he was standing on the surface of the moon, he gazed back at this glorious, blue, pretty pea. And he put his thumb up and he covered over the earth with his thumb. He says this. He says, it suddenly struck me that that tiny pea, pretty and blue, the earth. I put my thumb up and shut one eye and my thumb blotted out planet earth. I didn't feel like a giant. I felt very, very small. Perspective changes us and how we see where God is at. What's my point? Now perspective determines what we see. And today I'm, I'm coining the phrase, what we see is our revelation. And our revelation shapes how we believe. What we believe shapes our lifestyle. And our lifestyle determines everything. How we live determines everything. Now in this series, we've had a number of different speakers speaking, and every single message has kind of confirmed similar. Our, um, our message in the night service in June, the same, was we've spoken a lot about posture. We've spoken a lot about position. We've spoken a lot about perspective. And so I'm not going to redo that today. I'm going to look at it from a completely different angle. But I want you to understand this. Our revelation shapes what we believe. What we believe shapes how we live. And how we live shapes everything. I'm going to share some personal aspects of that today. My journey, where I'm at, what's affecting me. But before I do that, I wanted to bring us to the key verse. This is the final verse we'll be referring to out of 
the passages in Revelation that we've been journeying. Uh, please catch those messages. They're on the social, they're on our podcast channel, uh, YouTube and the likes. This revelation of John. And John says this, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang, blessing and honour and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. As I said to you in my opening, and you can see it in the verse on the screen, everything, all honour belongs to the one who's sitting on the throne. God is on his throne. He has not moved. Regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our perspective, our life, our journey, our challenge, God is still on his throne. We must lock that in. And so today, what I'm here to tell you is God is in his rightful place. But are we? For those of you that like to take notes, the title of my message is Rightful Place. It's the theme we prepared in our message series. God is in his rightful place. The question for us is, are we? And I'm going to speak to that today from my personal journey. I think it's worth looking, though, at uh, this passage of Revelation chapter 5, because John captures and records what God showed him. It's called the revelation of John. But the revelation of John is also now our revelation. The, 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 the ones that have done the speaking throughout have done a really great job of drawing us into the passages, the aspects of this revelation, so that we would understand it's not just a scary book at the end that we don't quite understand and it's got imagery that's scary or confusing. It's actually something that God's inviting us into, this revelation. So the revelation of John is our revelation. And I want to just quickly skim through this chapter 5 because you've got to get context for where we're going with, with verse 13 is our key verse. Revelation 5 verse 1, John says, I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who's sitting on the throne. We know God is on his throne. He's on an eternal throne. He's always been on his throne. He's always going to be on his throne. He is not moved. Any change in our lives doesn't shift him off his throne, but it shifts us. And that's what we need to take hold of. The scroll, if we read verse 2 and 3, and there's a, there's a, a, a strong angel, it would be Don. He was the strong one today, wasn't he, with the arm wrestle? He's like, who is worthy to open up the scroll? Well, what is the scroll? The scroll is written on both sides, which means it's, it's depicted as being the complete message of God. It's sealed with seven seals, seven being the number of perfection. So not only is this the complete message of God, it's the perfect message of God, but it requires someone perfect to open it. And John weeps because he knows he's just a man who's not worthy. And the angel's saying, who is worthy? And I read some this week, some research that said that some people believe it's, it's actually the, the holy, it's a message of the, the holy demand of God placed on mankind that none of us can satisfy. And that's why John was weeping. But what we do know is Jesus, who was fully God, became fully man, he was worthy. And this is the whole point of this passage, that suddenly all of creation realizes there is only one who is worthy to access and to read to us the full and complete message of God. In verse 6, we recognize that Jesus is the Lamb. 
He's the lamb, the perfect lamb of God, looking like it had been slaughtered, but was now standing next to the throne. This is Jesus who takes away the sin of the world, who is the only one worthy to stand in that place. Verse 7, he steps forward. Jesus steps forward and takes the scroll from the right hand of God who sits on the throne. We can see here that he, if he wasn't worthy, God wouldn't have given it to him. Jesus is worthy. And while fully man, he remained fully God and he was able to take on the sin of the world, and yet he was without sin. He's fulfilled the demand of this holy demand of God as the only one that could do that. And all of heaven, all of creation is watching this, this, like this, this play, this narrative just unfold before the eyes of John, and it's written for us. And heaven erupts. Verse 9 as soon as Jesus takes the scroll, the four elders, there's this, um, it's almost like a hierarchy. There's a, those that are close to God's throne are the four elders uh, next to the lamb. And they're standing around and they fall down in worship and they sing this new song. And I love that phrase because we believe in this church that God's got a new song for us. And I can't, I can't say when it's going to come, and I can't say who it's going to come through, but we do believe God's got a new song for us. So I, I especially love that. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you're worthy because you suffered and you died. But catch yourself in the song. Look, through your death, you ransomed the people of God. This is the good news. This is the message for every single one of us. The, the four elders are singing the song of praise to, to Jesus, to God, and, and they're, they're drawing us into the story. And suddenly we realize if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have the liberty and freedom we have from the bondage of sin and decay and death and sickness and struggle. We're not free of struggle. We're free of the bondage of it. Because of Jesus, we're invited in, but it gets even better. Because the next line says, Jesus, you caused us, earth, or they, they say them, but we're, we're talking about us, you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God and they will reign on the earth. That's good news, people. This new song of heaven the elders are singing is not only are we ransomed from our bondage, we're set free as captives into liberty, but more than that, we're set in a place of royalty where we reign on earth. This is a really good song. We should celebrate that. You should read that over yourself. You should sing it over yourself. Jesus has caused me to become part of this royal priesthood for God and, and I will be part of the kingdom that reigns on earth. It's a good word right there. Jamie pointed to verse 11 last week and, and I watched and you did some math and we, I think what I remember, we worked out there was a hundred million angels who then burst into chorus around heaven. And they sung a mighty song, worshipping God in this chorus of praise. And Jamie spoke last week about the seven attributes that they were worshipping of God. And have a grab, grab a listen to that. But then we get to our verse. Every creature, verse 13. Every creature in heaven and on earth and under earth and in the sea. So everything created by God without exception then erupts in praise as well. That includes you. It includes all the people out there as well. It includes the people in a different town. It includes the different people in a different country. Every creature. So your cat at home. 
Every creature erupts in praise. This, this passage is a beautiful picture of the, the story of God, the redemptive nature of God and his purpose for mankind. That we get to partner with heaven in declaring the praise and the glory and the honor and the blessing of the name of Jesus Christ. We see Jesus for who he truly is, the son of God who became the son of man so that sons of men could become sons of God. Only Jesus could do that. Every creature responds. Every creature is designed to praise God. And that's where you come in. And that's why in the series we say this. We are the sounds of heaven. God's created us to live in this place of worshipping him for who he is. And therefore, we're the sounds of heaven. We're not in heaven yet but we're to mirror and reflect what's happening in heaven as recorded in this revelation. We're to do that now. We've been created by God for partnership with God. We've been invited to partner with Him, live with Him, and reign victoriously with Him. We're residents of earth, but we're living with a mandate from heaven. That's you. That's me. That's us. It's the story, like, uh, you, some of you look surprised to hear this. You should be nodding and grinning and going, hallelujah, I'm so glad I'm part of that story. It would be a good idea to do that. We're the sounds of heaven on earth. Jesus taught us to pray, Matthew chapter 6. Jamie again referred to this last week. I, I love how he just weaves these things in. Thy will be done, Jesus taught us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what I've done through my life is I've taken that line and I've lengthened it, but I do believe it still holds the original intent of the prayer. And I pray, thy will be done here on earth in me and through me as it is already established in heaven. That I would be a representation of the victory of heaven in my realm or my sphere of influence or my relationships, my community, however I conduct myself, the sound of heaven resonates in my life to the point where people hear heaven when they see my life. May it be done on earth in me and through me as it is already established in heaven. If we're the sounds of heaven, then how we live our lifestyle should resonate the sounds of heaven. So how we live can resonate the sounds of heaven. How we live sometimes resonates the sounds of heaven, but how we live might not resonate the sound of heaven. And, and I've got a picture to show you because I want you, I want you to, to come on a journey with where I'm at and what's going on, but I need you to, to see. My brain works in pictures, so I had to draw this for you. God is on his rightful place. He's on his throne. It's his rightful place, unmoving. And what I'm trying to convey to you from the scripture is that God says, hey, you should live as a royal priest and that's your rightful place. That's the way God's designed us in his image to live. Dogs and cats don't get that privilege. We do because we're created, mankind, humankind, created in the image of God. God says, live as a royal priest. It's in the book, so we should do it. 
And when you combine that picture together, I kind of made it into a formula. Well, God's on his throne. That doesn't change. I'm supposed to be on my, my, my dig as a, as a royal priest. And when those two go together, my life becomes the sound of heaven. In me and through me, the sounds of heaven resonating in my life. And it looks like Lisa, and I, Lisa Buckley and I had a chat about this earlier in the year, and she said, you know, it kind of looks like the fruits of the Spirit. And I was like, yeah, that's a brilliant way to describe what our lives should be like. Living with the fruit of the Spirit as a demonstration of heaven. No arguments with that thought? It's a good idea? Yeah, okay. Fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5. Check them out. So, so God's on his throne. We're supposed to live as royal priests. And when heaven has demonstrated my life, it looks like through the Spirit, but I realize it's not always the case. And if you watch the screen, sometimes what I discover is I slip off my perch or I get knocked off. And it changes the sound of my life that's resonated. I want you to notice, though, that God's still on his throne. It's an eternal throne. And what I do doesn't change that. What happens to me doesn't change that. I could be in the worst possible situation of my life. God is still on his throne. But what happens if suddenly my life takes another knock and I'm no longer living as a royal priest as per the call of God? The sound of heaven in my life is muted. Suddenly it doesn't look like the sound of heaven. And I wanted to speak to it from this perspective because there's something significant going on in our midst at the moment. And I want to show it to you because I don't want us to linger in it longer than we need to. And I'm just going to speak to it from my perspective. You can translate it to yours as best you can. And, and the, tr the truth is, if this only just applies to me, I need all yours help, so... You knowing about it means you can help. So we have this picture of life. Jesus purchased for us. All of heaven erupts in praise because the lamb who is worthy to take the scroll has ransomed mankind and set us free from bondage. And we're now called to live a life as royal priests. And there's, there's, as I said at the beginning, there's kind of three foundations that, uh, that hold us up in that place. And there's more than that. But today I'm just talking about these three. The revelation, what we see and how we perceive, that holds us in that place of living as a royal priesthood. Secondly, what we see determines what we believe, what we carry as a belief system. And thirdly, what we believe shapes how we live, and how we live shapes everything. And we get to make choices in this space. And that's your posture, your position, your perspective. But I want to flip it around and I want to talk about something as we go. So let's expand on this. Every single one of us called to live as a royal priesthood carry a revelation of who God is and who I am because of who he is. It's a revelation we should be pursuing. Understanding knowledge of God. That's why we study scripture. That's why we, where we, why we should get up and read the Bible every morning. It's why we should meet with others during the week and chat with them about our life and faith and scripture to understand the nature of God, not for knowledge's sake, but for revelation's sake. Revelation is more than knowledge. It changes me. We also need to have a belief structure that is 
that is based on God's truth. And there's a big difference in our world, and we see it every day, between relative truth and absolute truth. I like to describe them between capital T truth, which is what is true to God, and little t truth, what is what is true to me. And if you just live in your truth, you're going to miss God's truth because you're not always on the same page as God. And this is where submission to one another is so important that we don't just go off and and decide what is true for me without checking in with others and submitting ourselves and praying with one another and journeying through life together. That's why I just love the setup this morning around prayer. We're doing life together. We're being the body of Christ together. We're supporting each other. And finally, we've got to live like a king or a priest. And how we live shapes everything. And, and look, I'm the first to admit, sometimes in this, I get distracted. As I, my prayer need this morning was, man, I've got about 57 balls I'm juggling in the air, and I just need to know which one should just get dropped. Which ones are not, not, not mine to juggle. And I'll tell you right now, Kids Church is not one for me to juggle. I get distracted. And I get deceived. I get a false view of something and it's, 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 it's almost right, but it's not quite right. And, and I look at it and then I start making decisions on it. And it takes me away. Sometimes we have sin in our life that's buried or not dealt with or we're ignoring it, and that shifts us. Sometimes we disregard what the Bible says. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we make dumb decisions. The list goes on. So I'm responsible for this. But on the flip side, I want to talk about something else today. And this is what's happening at the moment is that we live in a time where there's an enemy of our soul who's seeking to devour us. And the devil wants to come and to rob us of our identity. John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come to you in life and all its fullness. But the enemy, enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. What What is his main purpose in your life? To distract you and deviate you from you living like a royal priest this kingly, priestly mantle that God's prepared for you. And one of the ways the devil comes and does that to me is he starts attacking me. And he attacks my identity. He says, are you really, really sure of who God says you are? He fires these arrows. I mean, this is the devil's playbook. He did it with Jesus. Luke chapter 4, when Jesus is in the desert, in the wilderness, fasting for 40 days, and the devil comes and tempts him, and he says, hey, if you're really the son of God, what's he doing? He's attacking his identity. And when the devil attacks my identity, I have an option in how I respond. Because he only has as much permission as I give him. And he only has permission when I agree with him. Jesus didn't agree with the devil. He he responded with the accusation, and he says, no, the word of God says this. Did not agree with it. Gave the devil no room. Chris Gadsby and I were praying. I was part of the prayer team for the healing prayer on Wednesday night, and Chris was chatting, oh, Wednesday morning, and Chris was chatting to me. He says, you know that devil? You give him a toehold, you get a foothold. You give him a foothold, you get a stronghold. And I'm like, oh, man, that's good. Because he gets his toe in the door, he can get his foot in the door. 
So we've got to make sure we don't allow those lies to stick. And you want to read the passage in Ephesians 6 on the armor of God to help with that. The devil comes and he wants to take away what is true and he wants to steal our peace. And what you'll notice on the screen is every time he is successful in attacking or stealing something from us, we diminish our ability to live as a royal priest. The body of Christ is under attack. I mean, the truth is, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. But specifically today, what I'm saying is, the devil was coming to steal our peace. He wants to shout lies at you. He's currently coming and waking me up at three in the morning and shouting lies at me to try and steal my peace. Accusations, circumstances playing out in, in mind videos, and he's saying, look, that's just not going to happen. All those things God promised you, they're just false. They're empty. There's no hope. And wave after wave of anxiety comes because that's how the devil attacks us in the dark of the night. They're called the dogs of the night for a reason. And if, we, if, we, if we're willing to allow them to come over us and wash over us like a wave and then we start to agree with them, he has authority to steal our peace because he takes away the confidence we have in what we know God has said is true. The devil wants to come and steal our joy. He wants to take those things in our life that we live in the enjoyment of the pleasure of God's provision and he wants to rob us of them and take away that joy. And I had a rev up this week. I listened to old Joycey. Anyone else listen to Joyce Meyer from time to time? Every now and then I just need a kick in the bum and I listen to Joycey. I mean, I'm watching a conference of 10,000 women go, ah! And I'm like, well, I can't really relate to that. But, but, you know, like, man, she just speaks precisely. And she says, don't you let the devil steal no joy from you. Yes, ma'am. But it's a risk. We're under attack. I mean, you think you've got problems trapping the pastor of a church. Because the target on my back is bigger than the target on your back. I didn't plan it that way. I don't make the rules. But when I speak to my pastor friends, it's just reality. Just this week, I had these moments where I was just completely turned upside down and shaken by what the devil's trying to do around me. And not, I'm not saying around me as in, well, look at that, look at that, it must be the devil. I'm, not, I'm looking at what he's doing around in me is what I mean. Because I get to choose how I stand in circumstances and how I respond. But when my joy is stolen, I get knocked off my perch. When I get off from my perch, I'm not resonating the sound of heaven. If I'm not resonating the sound of heaven, what good am I in the community? Because I'm just a clanging gong. Or as Jamie said, if you're not resonating heaven, you're just a noise. And noise is not going to bring transformation and salvation to Tiamudu and Waipa. So here's my question for you today. What do we do? When the devil comes to steal our identity, when he comes to steal our peace, when he comes to steal our joy. 
Gary says, we stand on God's word. Excellent answer. What else do we do? Thank you. Surround ourselves with people who speak the truth, capital T, truth, God's truth. What else do we do? Share your struggle. Don't do it alone. Devil's weapon of isolation. Is, oh my goodness, it's his it's it's standard play. When people struggle and they go, oh, you know what? I'm just going to stay at home. And like, I, I mean, I miss people at the moment because there are people genuinely who need to be at home under COVID level two. I get that. But I miss you. Don't stay at home forever. Because we're designed to do life together. We're community-based, created, creative beings. But if you're staying at home because you're worried about your sin or your life or your struggle, that's the wrong reason. You need to be in the house of God with the people of God. And that can be in someone's lounge room or it can be in a church building or it can be in a cafe. But you need to be connected to the body of Christ. What else can we do if the devil comes to steal our identity, steal our peace or steal our joy? Draw from the strength of God. What's ways that we could draw from the strength of God? Put your issues at his feet. I thought you were going to say play golf, but that would also be a good answer. What else can we do to draw strength from God? Come on. Praise. Have a praise party. Get near his creation. For some people, it's having a walk in nature and feeling connected to the creator. Brilliant. Give thanks. Resist the devil and he will flee. In Indonesia, we call it the apostolic smackdown. You have to come to Indonesia to see it happen. Thank you. Teresa's saying one thing she does is she recognizes what is a lie and she chooses to ignore it, or what we would say is I choose not to accept it. I reject it. But more than that, what she said is I then say what is the opposite which is true according to God. Very good. I see that lie and I choose not to accept it. It's not sticking in me. Get away and I'm saying what God says. And I have a scripture or I have a thought or I have a promise or I have a decree and declaration. Yes. Ask God for wisdom. It's a good idea. I mean, after all, he is wisdom. And the Bible says if you ask him for wisdom, he's generous and willing to give you his wisdom. What else can we do? Pray for someone else. Take your focus off yourself. That's a good idea. Slow down. Stop being so frenetic about life and just slow down. Pray in the Spirit. Remind yourself of answered promises. That's brilliant. You know, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. What he's done before, he will do again. Pray scripture. Brilliant idea. I mean, I've said this before, we've got, we got Zoom happening on prayer twice, two days a week, two times that day, there's four prayers, and at the moment, we're just praying Scripture. Because we figure if we pray Scripture, we can't be wrong. It's powerful, it's encouraging, it's uplifting. I'm going to close this off, but um, I did put some Scriptures up here. So, if you want to take a photo of this, or you're at home online, um, just take a screenshot. Because the word of God is our weapon. 
The Word of God is a sword. And we use the Word of God to pull down these strongholds or to defeat the enemy. When, when Jesus, here's the thing, when Jesus was deceived or tempted by the devil, he used the Word of God as his answer. Unfortunately, Eve didn't have that luxury because there was no Word of God, no written Word of God. And when the devil came and he tried to tempt her, he deceived her and he says, well, did God really say? She had nothing to go back on. Or she could have said. What's my point? My point is we can use Scripture. Meditate on Scripture. Read it out loud. Pray over it with, with someone else. This is real. I had multiple meetings this week. So I'm talking about what's going on in my life. I'm getting hammered at the moment. But I've had meetings with multiple people this week who are also either under character attack or they're under spiritual attack or they're under some kind of weird thing going on because the devil is trying to take them out from that seat as a royal priest. And why? Because what we're saying is we should be resonating the sound of heaven. And as a people, as Zion people, as the church representing God, we should be resonating heaven. And anything he can do to turn down the volume or mute it, he's going to have a go. We've just got to be wise to it. We've got to become wise to what the devil is doing. So I just want to finish with this verse and remind you, that regardless of what's happening in your life, God is on his throne. God is on his throne. Sometimes we slip off our perch, but with the word of God and with the family of God, we can support one another. But I just want to, I just want to finish here. We're going to have uh, some food. We're going to have some coffee. But I just really felt as I was preparing in prayer this morning early, I really felt just to say, look, if you feel like the devil's trying to steal your identity or you feel like the devil's trying to steal your peace or you feel the devil's going to steal your joy, then come and find me. And I think we just pray together like we did at the beginning of the service. It's just an option. I'll be up here for five minutes or 10 minutes. Just come and find me. And if there's a group of us that feel one or the other, we're just going to stand together and pray one for each other. All right? And that's how we're going to overcome this. Let's pray. Almighty God, I thank you for your scripture that affirms that you are on your throne, but that you have called us to live as a royal priesthood, victorious in what Jesus Christ makes available to us. God, I celebrate, I thank you for Jesus, the perfect lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And for anyone here who's not sure about their relationship with God, Lord, I ask them that they would simply come to you and confess that Jesus is the perfect lamb who takes away their sin. And I celebrate how people will be united with you here, online, or during the week as we meet together. I pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see what the devil is doing, and you'd give us wisdom and strategies to reject his attacks and to stay vigilant and strong in our life as we resonate the sound of heaven. I bless Zion family, everyone who calls Zion home, those who are connected with us. God, I bless them in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
May they know how near God is to them, the fellowship, the the one-to-one relationship they can have with you through the Holy Spirit. But may they know confidently that you're on your throne and that you're over all things. And may they take peace and strength and the knowledge that you are near them. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our message and it inspired you. Stay connected and get amongst our family. Find us on Facebook, YouTube or our app. We are Zion people.